and we're glad to have you here today. As the band continues, would you turn to your neighbor this morning? Just say hello. The sun is shining. It is a beautiful day out because God is here. Make sure you maybe meet somebody that you haven't met before. Glad to have you all.
welcome to Crossroads. We're glad that you're here this morning. Uh, just, a, just a few announcements here. First of all, if you'd please pass the friendship folders down the aisle, we would certainly appreciate that. Uh, we, we have an exciting season ahead of us here for Easter. We've got a lot, lot of uh, things coming up here. One of them is the, uh, uh, first of all, before I get into Easter, I want to share about Connect students. They are continuing to meet in the gymnasium on Wednesday evenings. That's for middle and high school students. They are meeting in the gymnasium, and uh, God is blessing that group and growing them. This weekend, they're having an outreach event. It's called March Madness. They will be starting here. The information's somewhere on the, on the website or in the bulletin there. Uh, they'll be starting here something like 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock in the evening, and they're going all over the place. Uh, they have a guest speaker coming in. They have the Word of Life Band will be here with them, and uh, we're excited about what God's going to do. So I'm, I would like to ask you, our church, let's pray for them as they go out. Pray for our leaders who are going to be out with them. We have a number of our people will be out with them all night long. They'll, they'll, they'll come back at 7 the next morning. And I just want to, want to encourage, uh, encourage our church to get behind them and support them in prayer. And then coming up for Easter is uh, Easter's just uh, that we're obviously into the Lent season right now. Um, Ash Wednesday was last Wednesday, as many people uh, referred to that. And it always gets us beginning to think about Easter. And so as we're moving towards Easter, uh, Easter is April 16th. We now have, uh, on th- this is called the helicopter egg drop, all right? And that is exactly what it says. A helicopter is going to drop eggs on the field out there. And uh, so we're going to have all the kids here, and the helicopter will fly not over the kids but over the field. And uh, we'll have the kids roped off. The, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the field will be roped off so the kids can't get there. The eggs drop, and then we let them go out. I want to encourage you to, to get, on our, get on social media and share that off of our Facebook page. Share the, uh, the sign-up because people have to sign up to do it. It's for children up through fifth grade. And, uh, and so we're, we're excited about this opportunity. There could be a really uh, incredible amount of people will come to this. Uh, we threw it up, and on the first day, we had 100 people sign up. It was just amazing online. So you have to sign up. It's free, but you do have to sign up. So please pass that word along. Get uh, This is a great opportunity to just introduce people to God, introduce them to this church, let them know that, hey, there's a place up here where people care, for, uh, care about you, all right? So that, that's coming up here uh, just real shortly here. That's April the 8th, about a month away, all right? And then obviously we have Easter Sunday will be on April 16th. The week leading up to that on Thursday and Good Friday that week, we're going to be uh, doing, having a couple special nights here. I'm going to ask Rhonda to come and share what, uh, what's going to be happening on those nights. Okay, so we're excited. Every Easter, God brings people into our church that need a Savior, hurting people that are in the community, and just friends and family that you know need to be here. And so this year, what we want to do is we want to kind of open up and portray like the eight days before Easter. And so we need all of you to be to participate in that. We have speaking parts, but we have a lot of extras. So if you ever wanted to be in something like this, and you're like, I do not want to speak, I just want to look good, that's for you. What you can do is see Beth the Petra at the back table here in the auditorium, get some information. We're going to be starting practice probably next Sunday, and there's only about five practices because we don't have that many weeks. But in order for us to make this happen, we really need all of you, and that includes families. So if you have some children that are old enough to just, um, you know, maybe listen and pay attention, they're able to be a part of this as well as a family thing. So see her in the back. And uh, we'll start that next week. And then we have our women's retreat coming up. 
which I'm really excited about inside your bulletin and probably you got it mailed to you as well. Um, it's called Marvelously Made and we're excited about this because we're just a group of women that like to hang out and have fun but also love to talk about Jesus and just find out where he's leading all of us. Um, our guest speaker this year is Monica Brennan and she's from Liberty University. She's head of the women's ministries down there so she's a lot of fun. I've gotten to know her a little bit and um, she hangs out with college students but also hangs out with women and she's written some books just especially for where we're at in our life. So so if you guys are interested in that, we would love to have you be a part of that. April 2nd is the deadline. That's the cutoff for Ogilvy Resorts. If you have any questions about the women's retreat as well, please see me at the back table. And um, hope to see you there. Okay. Uh, I'd just like to, as we receive our morning offering this morning, I'd like to just read to you the thank you note that's in your bulletin there. This is from uh, from Pastor Daniel Francois in Haiti. For, for 20, 30 years, we supported his father, Massillian uh, uh, Francois, Pastor Francois. Uh, I remember meeting him as a high school student. We've been helping to support that church and pay the rent on their church through our birthday gift to Jesus funds. And uh, and now his father's aged and uh, and having a lot of health problems. So Daniel is now leading the church. And he says this. He says, "Dear Crossroads, the grace and peace of God be multiplied to you from our Savior Jesus Christ. Today, my heart is filled with joy as I write." I am rejoicing in what God does through you. I am thankful to God, and I am thankful to you also for this gift that you have sent to us. Your gesture of kindness has touched our hearts, and I am thankful that you have thought of us in this great way. The Lord will provide exceedingly abundantly above what we can imagine. My family and I wish to thank you for your generosity. We also pray pray for you that God's grace and mercy will continue to be poured out. God bless you and thank you again by his grace. And uh, I just I just want to encourage you because God is uh, is using these funds around the world and uh, again that was one that we set out we were we had one amount that we were going to give and we were able to give a thousand over uh because of the blessings of the Lord here at the church. So we we want to thank you and uh just uh, spread those on to you. This time I'd like to ask our ushers to come forward. We'll receive our morning offering. If you're here as our guest today, I want to encourage you to let this offering plate let the offering plate pass you by this morning. Uh, please stop by our welcome center. We have a gift for you. We'd like to uh, just encourage you. But uh, if you're a guest, let this pass you by. This is for those that are, are regular and growing in the grace of giving. All right? Shall we pray? Let's respond to the Lord. Father God, we come before you. We thank you for all that you are. You're a great God. You're worthy to be praised. Lord, I ask now that uh, you move mightily in our in our heart and in our life as we give to you. God, you've given us 100% of what we have. And as we stop and pause and respond to you, it's with great joy that we give to your name. In your name we pray. Amen. Just a glimpse of you reading. 
For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. talking about Samson and uh, today is the season finale all right this is this is the uh, our last week on Samson as uh, we've looked at the four chapters accounting of the life of Samson and I hope that uh, that you have learned not just about the the history of Samson not just the the account this was actually a historical account of the life of a man who lived and we see some uh, really big things that happened in his history but we also look and we can learn some valuable lessons from his life. And so we've been seeing all about grace. We keep seeing over and over that God's grace is involved in the life of Samson. Over and over, God's grace, God's grace, God's grace. Samson walks away, God's grace is there. Samson makes poor decisions, God's grace is there. And so today, we want to pick up in Judges 16.20. This is where we left off last Sunday. Uh, <clears throat> this, was, uh, this was after Delilah, Samson and Delilah. He had made some slow baby steps into making some very bad decisions, all right? Um, <clears throat> I want you to think about this. Samson and Delilah, they had four times that she, uh, that this exchange of, uh, that he, she tried to trick him. And uh, he, he, just, he didn't go and give her the secret on the very first try. He gave her the secret after four. He took some baby steps to get there. And this is what typically happens in our life. We take baby steps in the wrong direction. We take slow baby steps and say, okay, well, all right, well, maybe that just won't hurt. And we just slowly get there. And that's what Samson did. So Samson 16:20. then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as I did before and shake myself free. But, the, but he did not know that the Lord had left him. And I said last week that this is the, the saddest verse in all the Bible to me, that he did not know that the Lord left him. There were two things. Number one, that the Lord left him. Number two, that he didn't even know it. And I think that's even sadder that he didn't even know it, that, that, that the power of the Lord had left him. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him, but he, he didn't know it. He was so spiritually insensitive that he couldn't even know that God was not with him at that point, that God was not in what he was doing. And so here he stands there. Uh, she, he goes out and shake, uh, to shake himself free, and it doesn't happen. We talked about the Nazarite vow. He, he, was, a, he was under a lifelong Nazarite vow. The, the, uh, a typical Nazarite vow would be 30 days, 90 days, maybe a year. But he took a Nazarite vow that would last his entire life. God gave him a vow and said, you are a Nazarite, and you will, be a, uh, you will take the Nazarite vow for life because I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. And so he, he, he forgets God's plan and purpose. And so right now, the Spirit of the Lord has left him. Verse 21, then the Philistines seize him. They gouge out his eyes and they take him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they sent him to grinding in the prison. Uh, when you hear that they took out his eyes, they gouged out his eyes, the way that the Philistines would have likely have gouged out his eyes, was they, they would have burned his eyes, number one come with a hot poker and burned his eyes and then gouge out what was remaining. Uh, it, it's kind of a, a really gruesome thing, but uh, I, I want you to think about this. Uh, finally, at this point in Samson's life, he has gotten to the point where, where he, is, he is able to see things that he's never seen before. 
because he's lost his vision. He's able, all his life, he's had things that were blinding him. And for the first time in his life, in 40 years, he is now in prison. It says that they put, they bind him in prison and set him to grinding. They had like this, a, a big wheel. Uh, if you can imagine, just a, a big stone wheel, if you will. And it has like a, a beam sticking out of it. And he would be on this treadmill of this thing, just all day long, just pushing, but without his vision. His eyes have been gouged out. Now, what good would it be if he had his power back and he couldn't see? You see, that's where the, the Philistines were going. And well, maybe his power will come back, but it won't matter because we're just going to blind him. And so he, he's now blind and he, and he can't see. And, uh, and so he's, he's their little slave. And so what, what God had set out and said, I want you to be the deliverer, he is now at the hand of the enemy. And at the hand of the enemy, he is he's blind. And, and I believe that it was during this time in prison without his sight that he is able to finally see some things in life because he had so many blinders on all throughout life let me give you a couple blinders that that uh that we face in our life because i think sometimes we forget that god has a plan in your life we forget that god has a purpose god there's a purpose that god is working in your life there's a plan there's a purpose and we sometimes get so consumed with the things of this world that we forget that God is still working and that God wants us to take part in his mission. One of those blinders this morning is pleasure. You know, when we think about pleasure, uh, look at the life of Samson. Samson definitely had pleasure. And uh, if you'll look there and realize about the pleasure that he had. Uh, you know, he, he, went and he saw a woman, he says, I want her, daddy get her for me. So he, he goes after it, and, and, and he has the, has the woman, uh, the Philistine woman, uh, um, right away. And, and, and then you see he, he's with prostitutes. He's with Delilah. He's seeking pleasure. And you know what? Sometimes in our life, pleasure can become a blinder. Now, pleasure is not bad, folks, all right? Now, unless, unless you're doing bad things in your pleasure, okay? But pleasure in itself is not wrong. It's not wrong to, to enjoy, a, uh, enjoy a ball game. It's not wrong to go out and, and enjoy the day and, and have a fun time. But when pleasure gets in the way of God's plan, when you seek pleasure more than what God is trying to do in your life, this is where the problem comes. And Samson, he dealt with that quite often. And as men and women today, don't we do that? We, we're, we're bombarded. We live in a society that is a pleasure-filled society. We are driven, uh, uh, commercially driven. Uh, there's a new product every time you turn around out there that will help change your life, right? Uh, there's the, a new place to go. Uh, just, just the time you think you're getting bored, they open up something new and there's some, some new place to go to entertain you. Uh, the, the new movie theater, the, the new trampoline park. I mean, you, you name it. There's just, there's just so many things to do. Pleasure can overcome us. Number two is pain. Pain is another one of those barriers. It, it can blind us. And you put the blinder on. So God's trying to work in your life, and there's pain. Now, pain we can't control. We can't, uh, uh, many times there's pain from physical things. And my heart is breaking as I come alongside some of the, some families in our church that are dealing with incredible pain. When you're dealing with pain of, of cancer and pain of, pain of health crisis, those are things that, that we didn't ask for. We can't change them. And so, but, but you know what? There are times that they can be that pain. We, we, we sometimes can't see through that pain. And that pain can become a blinder for us. Uh, the next one is prosperity. You know, when we look at, the, at just having a, a, a lot of things, 
going back to our culture that we live in, we, just, we have a lot of things. And we, we're driven many times by, I need a bigger house. I need this and I need that. And, and, I, and I'm driven by that. Now, it's not wrong to have that. I think sometimes we get this out of order. It's not wrong to have those things. It's just wrong that they take God's place in your life. And it's wrong if your whole life is consumed about these, these prosperity things. Um, I, I'm reminded this morning of a, a baseball player, Ruben Rivera. Uh, he played for the New York Yankees, or at least he was signed on with the New York Yankees in 2002. The guy came off of a, uh, he, he had, his batting was just starting to come up. And uh, what, a, what a privilege to be able to play for the New York Yankees, right? There could be only one thing that would be better playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates, right? You know, I mean, it just, uh, so he, he, was, he, he was signed on to play for the New York Yankees in 2002. Now, in 2002, I don't think it would, Pirates were even an honorable mention, were they? 2002, he signed on to play. And what's he do? He goes part of the blinders. Can we identify them today? And can we come before the Lord and place our hand on that pillar and say, oh, Lord, please, I can't do this. You see, that's the first step. We recognize it. We deal with sorrow, and I think many times we stop at the sorrow. And we go through this cycle. We get on a treadmill of, of, of change, and we say, okay, tomorrow morning, I'm not going to do it anymore. And I get up, and I say, ooh, I'm on a treadmill. And by, by the evening, whatever it was that was bothering you, that pillar's still there. And then you go, and you say, I'm not going to do it anymore. And you go out, and you start over. And we get in this cycle. It's a vicious cycle. God says, put, your, put that, identify the pillar and come before him and ask him, Lord, remember me. God, there was a time that I once walked closer with you than I do now. God, my heart's been far from you. I've been in church, but I haven't been in your presence. I haven't been spending time. I, I'm not with you. I'm not connected to you in a relationship. God, will you remember me? And God, will you take down this thing because this thing's going to crush my life. This thing over here could destroy my family. It could destroy everything about us, Lord. And I don't want my life to be in the temple of Dagon. I don't want the, the people around us who are not following God to be rejoicing because I'm not following God. God, will you, will you do this? Let's close in prayer. The author of Hebrews... A thousand years later, after the life of Samson, he pens and he says, I don't have enough time to tell you about Samson. And he goes through and he, he names them and, and, and just a few people, a few other people. And he says that those, that Samson, by faith, saw the victory. And he says it was out of their weakness that they were made strong. This morning, I invite you to bring your weakness before God. To place a name on that pillar. And to come before God Almighty and say, Lord, will you remember me? And Lord, will you give me strength to knock that pillar over? Father God, I lift up everyone in this room this morning. God, we all look at the life of Samson. God, I think that uh, everybody deals with failure, men and women. Every one of us, Lord, we deal with failure. We deal with the past. 
But God, this morning we've come before you and we're, we realize that you don't hold the past against us. And we are not going to let the past stop us from following you for days to come. God, we, we, we take the past and we realize that there's been a lot of failure, but there's a lot of victory in Christ. And so, God, we come this morning, and I pray that you help each person in this room as they identify some pillars. Lord, there's some things that folks have been dealing with in this place that are deep into our hearts, and nobody else knows about them. But you do. And, God, we can come before you. We have this awesome privilege to just call on you this morning. Sovereign Lord, remember me. Will you do this? So I ask, Lord, for each person in this room, help us to identify these areas and help us to become humble men and women who will respond to your grace. In your name we pray. Amen. Stand together as we sing our closing song. If you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to come and kneel at the altar, please feel free to do so. But uh, either way, let's meet with God as we close our service.